bro. All right, good evening, everyone. Good to see you. Thanks for coming out on a Tuesday evening to church, and especially knowing that a New South Welshman was preaching, all right? But I'm glad to have you here tonight, and um, we're going we're gonna to go straight into it. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, and um, also Matthew chapter 11 this evening, and then we'll turn to one more passage, but uh, we'll, we'll focus in on, in Matthew 11 in a little while. But I appreciate uh, this church, and I've, uh, I've certainly gained over the years coming to your leadership conference and uh, getting to know your pastor over the, uh, the last many years that we've, uh, we've labored together and we've been able to, to come and, and uh, be part of your conference here. And uh, it's just a joy for me to, to come and, and be part of the, the week. Um, I was just thinking about the, the busyness of life, and, and life can get busy, can't it? And sometimes we can, we can uh, go through life and, and become, uh, become weary of just the day-to-day. And tonight, I want to just give you a, a message um, just, just on rest, rest. And I think all of us here, we would understand that from a physical point of view, that rest is important. And and uh, who's glad that God made days and nights? Who's, who's glad for that? Um, I am. I'm, I'm glad that God designed it, uh, the, the way we live in such a way that it's not just one, uh, one eternal day, but we get time to rest. And I think we all understand the benefit of rest uh, from a physical point of view. Um, I think we understand that, that uh, over the course of, of labor and when we're working, that we do need to take some time to rest. And even the Lord Jesus in, in his ministry, uh, he encouraged those that were his disciples to at times come apart for a little while for some rest. And so I think we understand that. And, and you know, uh, it's amazing what rest can do. Uh, for some of you, and, and I'm thankful for, uh, for Pastor Lloyd and, and just passing the message on to many of you, uh, my, my dad suffered a stroke beginning of last week, and it, uh, we're thankful it was just a mild one, and, and uh, he stayed for only a few days. Uh, but, you know, as he, as a doctor spoke to him about his condition and what had happened to him, uh, there was really no other thing to tell him as far as recovery was concerned. He just needs to rest. And uh, really, part of the reason why my dad suffered that was he was, uh, he was working quite, uh, quite a lot. His, his work has been busy, and so he's had a lot of overtime. And, and you know, he, I think, overdone it for, uh, for a little while there. And so he, he suffered that, and the doctor told him rest. And, and you know, uh, as men, we, we sometimes resist rest, don't we? And I know my dad, he was, uh, he was speaking to me on Sunday, and, and he's meant to be not even driving, not working for at least for the next four weeks. And he asked me, he goes, hey, son, can I come with you to Brisbane? And I'm going, no, rest, you know, <laughs> just stay home. Stop following me around, you know. But, um, but we need rest. And I think we understand that from a, from a physical point of view. But, you know, often uh, we also need that when it comes to spiritual things. When it comes to laboring for the Lord, when it comes to just trying to live our lives for Christ, then, um, you know, often the kind of revival, and this week you've been focusing on revival, often the kind of revival we need is really just a, a resting in Him. Now, often the kind of revival we need is one from overworking really in our own strength. 
And, and you know, it was always in man to want to work in his own might. And man was made to labor. We, we see that in Scripture. God gave man responsibility. But I want you to notice a couple of things here as we look at the, the creation account. Look at Genesis chapter 1. And notice verses, uh, verses 26, and we'll read down to verse 32, and then we'll notice something here. And um, I think you, you're, uh, you'd be familiar with this passage of Scripture. It's a, the, the, the account of the, the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And he goes and he lays out each day what he did there. And we, we get to day six, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the, the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And notice what God says then. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So he gives them responsibility. He gives them a work to do. And, and, and don't forget this, that, that God did call us to work, right? God did give us as, as his creation a responsibility to, to work and labor. And it's, it's, it's accounted for us here. And verse 29, God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed. Which is, which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of, the, of a tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air, to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And so he describes all of man's dominion and man's responsibility upon his creation. And then we know this in verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and behold... It was very good. And by the way, everything God made is very good. And he says that it was very good. And the evening and the morning, and notice this, were the sixth day. And, and you think at this stage, with man knowing all of his responsibility and, and all of the, the things that he have, was now tasked by God to do, that the very next day would be a day where he would just get right into it. And I, I don't know about you, but, but when, when I, I, I'm, I'm given a task and, and it's something that I know is a responsibility that I have in the Lord, I just want to get into it. I, I want to get into the, the labor of that. And yet we know here the order of the creation. Notice chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in, in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Notice what was following the responsibility. Notice what was following all of the, the, the plan that was laid out for man. All of the, those responsibilities and the dominion that he had. And we know later on that Adam was going to name the animals, he was going to tend to the garden, and he was going to do all of that. But prior to that, God put a time out. And he said, no, rest. He said, he said rest. We know it later on, the, the, there's going to be a pattern through Scripture of the Sabbath. 
But, but the point that God was making to man was this. You know, you're going to be very tempted to just continue to labor. But you know, you're, you're limited. You know, there, there's going to be a limit to your ability to do what I have called you to do. And so to, to enable you from, from uh, to enable you to, to do what I have called you to do, I'm going to first call you to rest. And from that resting in me, you will be effective in your labor for me. And too many times we, we ignore the, the, the spiritual, uh, the, the principle given us in the Word of God to rest in Him. And, and really from our rest in God, we can then labor in the strength of God. There's a pattern of resting given us uh, right through Scripture in Exodus chapter 16. We, uh, we, we see given to the uh, nation of Israel uh, uh, the, this covenant between them and God, uh, this Sabbath that they were to keep. And I've never been to Israel, but, but I know from conversations even recently we've had uh, about the Sabbath, how extreme they are about that. They, they, they don't do anything on that day. And, and God sanctified it certainly as a, as a holy day for them to rest. And God recognized that even in the commotion of serving Him and all the good that we are to do, we need, we need to rest in Him so that we can be strengthened in Him. We need to rest in, in, uh, in, in God and in all that He is. And, and God recognizes that in times of commotion and, and even in times of, of busyness and clamor, we are to find rest in Him. And from there lies the, the power that we are able to then go on for the Lord. And I don't know, I don't know you this evening, and perhaps you've had a, a bit of a, a busy year. I know uh, recounting our, my year, I was speaking to Brother Highland. Uh, last night, and I said, I said, you know, in the in the seven months, I feel like I've lived two years. Um, for for our church, it's our 25th year anniversary, and so um, we we've been having some special meetings right through every month. And and to be honest with you, there's been times where it's been weary. It's just been a busy, busy season. But but you know, in all of that, we can find rest in Christ. And maybe you're here this evening, and you've got some burdens that you've been carrying. Maybe there's some things that you're struggling with, and in the, uh, in the burden of that, in the labor of carrying that, you feel weary. Maybe you have heavy decisions to make or heartaches that seem to weigh heavy upon you, perhaps pressures of life. Perhaps circumstances have not gone your way and, and the, the way you've hoped them to, to turn out, and I want to encourage you to find your rest in Christ. Jesus calls us to rest, and in fact, He is the rest giver. Uh, look at Matthew chapter 11 now, and, and we'll, uh, we'll be in this, uh, this passage of Scripture uh, mainly tonight. Look at Matthew chap- chapter 11 and, and uh, verses 28 to 30 um, as we, we get into the message uh, tonight. Matthew chapter 11, look at verse 28. And notice the invitation, the offering that, that God gives. This is an offer to us. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
And these are tremendous, tremendous verses of Scripture. But what it tells us is this. Jesus is the rest giver. He's the one that we need to come to. We see in this passage of Scripture here, and at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus was in Galilee, and there he was just commanding his disciples, giving them their orders for the time of their ministry there. And he was, as Jesus was often encountered multitudes and those who needed him, and so certainly this was a busy occasion for Christ. And for his disciples, and he was preaching and teaching. He, he had just been in Nain in Luke chapter 7 and, and raised the, the widow's son and, and all of that here in this area of Galilee. And, and he's given the, the disciples all of these tasks to do, and, and certainly it was, it was a busy time. And yet here, right in the middle of that, he reminds them from which their strength will come from. And he says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're going to see later on in chapter 12 that he was going to be accused of breaking the Sabbath. And yet here in his response in chapter 12, verse 8, we know that he is the Lord even of the Sabbath. And the point is this. The reason he was saying all of those things to his disciples was to point to the fact that, that you know, there is the Sabbath but there is the Lord of the Sabbath. There is that physical rest that we have, but there is the rest that we can find in Christ. And it's only through Him that we find that, that rest and restoration and recuperation that we so often need in the busy, busyness of our lives, in the burdens that we have to carry. And, and really this was to signify that ultimately our rest is in Him. And therefore, our labor flows from our resting in Christ. And so I want to just give you a couple of thoughts here from, uh, from this, uh, these verses. And, and I hope that you would just listen in tonight. And I want to encourage you tonight. You know, we're all, we all have to tra- traverse through this life. All of us are walking different paths that, that God is leading us through. But even in all of that, there is labor. But I want to encourage you tonight. To find your rest in Christ. Now, I want to encourage you uh, about a couple of things this evening. And um, let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless the, uh, the, the message this evening. Father, I pray that you'd help us this evening to, as we open your word. And Lord, we certainly need you. Father, we, we certainly need your, your presence to be felt and to be real tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the, Lord, the many promises that you give us to comfort us, Lord, and Lord, to bring us back to, to what is most needful in our lives. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we open your word tonight. Uh, Lord, bless the, the, each one. Bless their faithfulness and their sacrifice for being here this evening. And I pray that you'd be glorified and pleased in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. I want you to note, firstly, that, um, that resting, resting requires coming to the person of Christ. And notice again verse 28 with me. He says, come unto me. Come unto me. Uh, we, already, we already learned last, from last evening that we have a place next to the Lord. And there's a place available for us. But here we have another invitation, another offering, uh, another, another drawing in saying, come unto me. And, and Jesus is very specific here. He's saying, come unto me. 
He's indicating that we have a decision or we have an action that we must make in order to find rest. We've got to come to Christ. You know, he, he, many in the world today, they're looking for rest, but really won't find it anywhere else apart from the person of Jesus Christ. There, there's many who are still laboring in their sin. Uh, look with me in Psalm 38. Psalm 38. And notice verses 1 to 4. Psalm 38. Thanks for turning there. Look at verse 1. A psalm of David to bring to remembrance, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thine hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head, as an heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. And notice what David was saying there as he was recognizing the, the, the load of sin upon him. And, and I want to say to you firstly tonight that, that maybe you're here this evening and you are in your sin. And that is a heavy burden. That, that is a load you cannot carry. The, the Bible tells us that, that God is, is angry with the sinners every day. And, and maybe you're here tonight and, and the, you, you recognize that there's no rest for your soul. Why? Because you've not been forgiven of your sins. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you're trying to find rest in your own good works. Maybe you're trying to find rest in, in, in your goodness, in your religiosity, in, in the, the things that you think would get you to heaven. And yet God is making an offer to you, come unto me. All ye that labor, and maybe you're still laboring under the heavy load of sin. And can I just say to you tonight that the Bible tells us for all have sinned. You know, none of us here were ever exempted from that reality. Uh, we who were born uh, through the image of Adam, we are all sinners by nature. And so none of us here, as I preach tonight, are exempt from that, but then some of us here, that burden has been alleviated because of our, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we've trusted Jesus to be our Savior. And, and even as a seven-year-old boy, I understood that I was a sinner. That I needed a Savior to unload that burden off my, uh, off my shoulders. And, and I knew uh, from, from, uh, from Scripture that we knew there was a God who loved me, who gave His Son to die on the cross in my stead. And maybe you're here this evening and you've never put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never uh, understood why He even came uh, on, this, uh, on an old rugged cross and went through all of the, the torture that He did and shed His blood. Can I just say for you tonight, it was because of you. It's because He loved you so much that He was willing to unburden you on the load of sin. He carried that for you. And you can find rest in Him. See, the Bible tells us it's not by works which we have done. The Bible talks to us and speaks to us about the fact that, it's that by grace we're saved through faith. Not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
And maybe you're here tonight and you've been trying to work your way and work your way to, into God's favor. Can I tell you, you'll always fall short because God's standard for that is perfection. That's a heavy burden upon you. That's a labor that you cannot get rest from. Can I just say that you can find rest in Christ if you would come to Him? Maybe tonight would be the night you would come to Christ for salvation. That you would, you would come to Him to unburden you from, your, uh, from your, your, the, the load of sin in your life. And the Bible tells us, to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And tonight I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that, that even as a seven-year-old boy, I understood and I remember when I called out to Christ as my Savior. I remember that great burden, even as a seven-year-old, sensing that being lifted from me. And, and I can tell you tonight that that is available for you this evening. That, that, that invitation from Christ, come unto me, that's still for you tonight. And I, I implore you tonight, and I, and I beg you tonight, please, consider Christ. Consider what He did. We're not, we're not trying to sell you on a religion. We're trying to show you Christ, the one who can give you rest. And maybe tonight, that's the alternative you're looking at. And, and maybe you're saved tonight. But, but maybe you've, you've rested on other things. Maybe as you've gone through life, you've forgotten about the, the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for you. And maybe you're resting in other things. Maybe you're resting on what's in the bank account. You know, there, there's maybe you're, you're, you can only rest easy when you have a certain amount in your bank account that evening. Maybe you can rest easy only when you see your investment portfolio, you know, picking up the div dividends like it should. And maybe you're here tonight, you're, you're thinking, well, if, if only I had this much, then I can now rest and I, I don't have to be concerned. But can I just tell you that that's just, uh, that's just fleeting? You know, when we, when we put treasures here on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, it, it doesn't last. And it never satisfies. It, we can't find rest in that. Maybe you're, you're resting in your education, your knowledge. Maybe you're here tonight and you're, you're just working your way. And, I, and I'm not against education. But, but maybe that's the thing that you're driving and striving for. And, and that's the thing. You, you, one day, if I could just get my third degree. <laughs> some of you, if I can just get my first degree, right? If I can just finish high school. Some of you high school students. Then I can have rest. Then I can just feel at peace. And, and listen, it, there's just another thing and there's more learning to come. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's in acceptance. Maybe you're here tonight and you're, you're thinking, well, if only I was, uh, if only uh, I, I could get married. If only someone uh, saw uh, what, everyone, what I think I see in myself and if only I had the acceptance like some others, and if only I had those kind of relationships, if only I had that kind of friendship with that person, and you're looking for that personal relationship with someone else. But, you know, people can let us down. You know, there's times where we think our relationship is great, and then just one thing, and suddenly it's all off kilter. We get restless nights, don't we, and... And when, when there's relationships in our lives that aren't right, we get restless. But many times we, we, we focus on that and, and maybe even pleasures. Maybe as you 
look around you, you see the, the kind of world we're living in. You're tempted by the, the world's pleasures. Maybe you're looking at the next holiday, the next leisure activity, the latest thing, and you're looking at that for your rest. And, and if I can only get to that place and, and maybe have an ideal destination that you've always wanted to go to, and, and, and you'll rest once you get there. But listen, um, even Solomon, who could literally do anything, when he looked at all of that, he found it vanity. He, he still didn't have rest. Maybe it's something that's good. Maybe it's even the ministry. Maybe you're, you're, you're busy laboring. And I can say in my observation of, of this church over the course of the years I've been coming here, that you're a laboring church. I praise God for that. That's a great thing. Get involved in your local church. But, but listen, you know, sometimes in the, the busyness of that, we can be like Martha, who was cumbered about with much serving. And she was running around like a headless chook, <laughs> trying to get everything done, trying to show the hospitality. And, and by the way, she was doing the right thing, but she wasn't being with the right person. We know that her sister Mary, she did the good thing, and she just sat there, like the ladies saying, they, that she just still before God, still before Jesus, learning at His feet. And sometimes we can go through all of that, and, and we can look at that as our rest. If we're only doing this, if we only make it to this level, then we can find rest. But you know, it's not a thing that we get to, that we find rest in. No, it's in the, per, in the person of Jesus Christ. He's inviting us tonight. He says, come unto me. You know, it was always in man. It was always in man to try to work his way to heaven, to God's favor. He always found, found other ways to occupy uh, himself with. And, and yet we see that Jesus is offering us rest. Jesus is offering you rest if only you would come to him tonight. And, and I want to, again, I want to, um, I want to encourage you this evening, those of you who are without Christ especially, that, 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 that heavy burden of sin, it will one day crush you. The Bible tells us the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And there's an open invitation for you tonight to accept Jesus as your Savior, not accept religion, no, accept a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and so we see there that resting comes from the person of Jesus Christ. But notice, secondly here, as we look at Matthew 20, uh, chapter 11, verse 29 now. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But then notice what he says next. He says, Take my yoke upon you. Um, that's interesting, isn't it? He just spoke about giving uh, giving rest from burdens and then he then says take a burden take a yoke he says take my yoke upon you and then he says learn of me but notice there he says take my yoke and and we're probably not familiar really with what a yoke is and a, a yoke was a wooden beam it, it was normally used between a pair of oxen or other animals to enable them to pull together um uh, like a plow and i believe uh Pastor Highland preached on that on, on Sunday evening, the plow. And, and animals were, were used. They didn't have the machinery back then to, to 
to carry loads, to pull uh, wagons and, and, and different things to be able to transport people and things around. And, and it, that's the picture that God's giving here. He's saying, take, a, take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you. Saying, saying come into partnership with me. And that's the second point we want to make tonight is, is this resting. Resting requires partnering with the person of Jesus Christ. It's partnering with Him. Uh, we, all, we all know that, that you know, when there's something to do, it's often a lot easier when you have someone else to do that with. And, and Jesus is giving us an invitation here. He's saying, partner up with me. He's saying, make my yoke your yoke. Stop carrying other yokes that entrap and, and enslave you and give you burdens that you cannot pull. Take my yoke. See, too often we yoke up with other things in our lives. And we find these to, to become heavy burdens. and they're, they're things that we can't carry. And yet Jesus, again, is inviting us. He's saying, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He, he says in verse 30 here, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The reason it's easy and light, the reason that is the case is because we're partnering up with Jesus. You see, Jesus is the all-powerful one. You see, Jesus is the one who... The Bible says, dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You see, Jesus is the one who, uh, who uh, as he walked around this earth, he, he, he healed the blind, the sick, and the maimed, and he had all power. And God was, was uh, the Lord Jesus is a, is a great partner to, to walk life's journey with. And the reason it's easy and light is because of the partnership we have with Christ. And, and what this partnership is, is, is this. It's firstly, it's an unequal partnership. And I say unequal because really, when we yoke up with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's no longer us carrying the burden. He carries the burden for us. He, he's doing all of the heavy lifting. Um, you know, I've had the, the great joy, and I say that sarcastically, to move quite a number of times. Um, anyone like moving? I saw one hand, I'd like you to come to Sydney in about two months, we're moving again, all right? But no one likes moving. You know why? Because you've got to lift things. You've got to pack them up only to unpack them again. And, and no one likes to lift things, but you know, there's those that you just, you just know you can call on them and they, they just know, they're just good at lifting. And they're usually big blokes, right? And so you look at the, the biggest teenager in your, um, in your youth group and you say, hey, you want to do something for a feed? <laughs> and you get them to do all of the heavy lifting, all right? It's called delegation. It's a leadership principle. But, but in this relationship, in this partnership here with the Lord Jesus, really it's an unequal one. And what I'm saying is this, we're dependent on Him. We need to depend on Him. You know, where we go wrong is when we don't depend on Him. See, the Bible tells us in John chapter 15, without Him, we can do nothing. And really, when we consider this invitation and this resting by partnering with Christ, it's really an unequal partnership. 
When, when in the grand scheme, even, even in the First Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible tells us that we co-labor with Christ. But you know who does the, who, who brings the increase? Christ brings the increase. It's not us. It, it's, not, it's not our abilities. It's not our talents, although God uses that. But it's Christ himself. It's an unequal partnership. We're meant to rely on his strength. We're meant to rely on his, on his ability and his, uh, his enabling upon our lives. And we're meant to rely on Christ as an unequal partnership. But then it's also an unpopular partnership. You see, when, we, when you yoke up with Christ, then you stand out. You, you should stand apart from the world. And it's an unpopular one. People might look at you and you might... Uh, walk differently, you might live differently, you might uh, speak differently, your character would be different, and you might stand out like a sore thumb. But God's, God's inviting us to come to a, a place there, and you'll stand out and the world won't like it. Uh, a couple of years ago when I was still the youth pastor of our church, we, we had a park down the road that, we would, um, that the, the council would let us use from time to time, and we'd play all manner of games and things there. But one night we, we had gotten done with the activity and I don't even remember what it was, but I was preaching that night on, on persecution. On just, you know, as all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And we were just talking about that. And it's a, that's a hard concept to, to teach young people in this, in this society. It really, you know, as when it comes... To it, we as believers in this nation, we have it pretty easy. You, you would have to admit. And so our young people grow up in that, of course. And, and so we were there, and I had just finished, and I, and I told the, the group, I said, hey, let's, let's pray. And at first they were like, now, right here? I said, yeah, let's, let's just break up into groups of two or three, and let's just take some time to pray and Let's take some prayer requests. And so we did that quickly. And, um, and then they spread out all over the field, and we were just praying. And, and there was just a great sense of, of joy in my own heart about that. But then as, as, as the minutes passed by, five minutes passed by, there was a group that drove past and started yelling things out to us. Oh, what are you guys doing, praying? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, that was the polite way I said that, all right, we're in church tonight, but they, they said all manner of things to us and to those young people. And I think for the first time in their lives, they experienced some persecution. That We had people run through and, and suddenly, out of the blue, people got out of cars running around us while we prayed. You know, we, we praise God for his protection, no one was harmed, but I'm sure some were fearful that night. But, but we sat there, and, and afterwards they, they understood, you know, when we take a position where we partner up with Christ, then really it's unpopular. When, we, when we're real and we're sincere about our, our living for Christ, then it's, it's an unpopular thing. We'll, we'll suffer reproach like Jesus did. But then also it's, it's, one, it's an, a partnership that's under authority. And, and really the, the, the yoke was always a picture of submission of being under authority of someone else's. And when we partner with Christ, really it's a partnership with the master and we the subordinate. It's really, it's really a, an admission that he is the leader and that we are to walk alongside him, that we are to follow him. 
And there's great, there's great rest in that. See, when we partner with Christ, it's a partnership that, that is under His authority. And there's a great verse in Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's just a great comfort knowing that your Savior and in, in you are under His control. You know, the, where, we, where we find unrest and where we find a great, great disturbance in our hearts and in our lives is when we try to take over, is when we try to lead our own lives, is when we, we make decisions that are without God's permission and we submit to our own goals and our own ambitions and we leave Him out of it. But there's a great... There's a great Peace when, when we know that he is, we are under his shadow. Um, I know that, that for my children, you know, as kids do, sometimes they get afraid, don't they? They get afraid, and, and for whatever reason, it might be a shadow, might be a noise outside. I've got three young children, all under 10. So if I look tired, it's because I am. All right? But you should see my wife. But she pulls it off really well. But... Oftentimes, they'll get afraid and just before bed, and it's usually before bed, isn't it? I find that strange, but they, they, get, they get afraid, and, and yet when I'm in their presence, I'm there, then suddenly they're not as afraid anymore, and they know dad's in control, they're under my authority, and that's how it is with, with being in, in the yoke, in partnership with Christ. It's a partnership that's under authority. We are under His authority. And, and, and you know, you might look at that and, and your, your, uh, your, your flesh and your carnal, uh, your carnal nature will fight against that. Like, I don't need authority. Listen, God designed authority. And God placed that there for our protection and for, for, our, uh, for our good. And, and, and really, we are to submit our goals and our ambitions and our plans to Him. He... His burdens and priorities need to become our burdens and our priorities. And there's a great rest in knowing that you are next to Jesus in life. You know, often we find unrest when we fight against Him. Often we find a lack of direction or we're going the wrong direction when we lose sight of our Savior. But there's a great rest when we walk in agreement with our Savior. And so we see there that resting... Resting comes when we, we go, we come to the person of Christ, when we, we partner up with Christ. But then lastly, look at verse 29 again. And notice here he says, Take my yoke upon you. And then notice he says, And learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Notice what he says there. He says, Learn of me. And, and the last thing I want to bring out is resting requires learning, learning of the person of Christ. He says, learn of me. To learn is to gain or to receive knowledge, to receive instruction, to take pattern. But I want you to note there, it says, learn of me. Not, not learn from me. He says, learn of me. You know what that indicates? It indicates not a formal instruction like, like a lecture or a classroom setting. He's saying, learn of me. It's a, it's a close observation is what he's pointing at. He's saying, closely observe me. 
We are to closely observe the Lord Jesus. He, he encourages us in Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus. And a greater knowing of Christ as we observe Him leads to a greater resting. You know why? Because we get to know Him. We grow in our trust of Him because we get to know His character, who He is. I love the, the Proverbs 23 verse 26 where He says, My son... Give me thine heart. And then he says, and let thine eyes observe my ways. And many times uh, the reason why we're, we're not closely observing who Christ is and his character, it's because we haven't given him our heart. Because our heart is far from him. Because our heart has been, has, has been given to other pursuits and other goals and other persons. And yet the Bible tells us to, for us to give our hearts to him. And then we can observe His ways. Uh, you know, when, we, when you, you give your heart to someone, you, you, wanna, you, you, you get to know them in a, in a very intimate way. You start to understand who they are, what makes them tick. I remember when, um, when my wife and I were just dating. We were getting to know each other, and, and I would observe her. I would, I would learn how she responds and I would, I would observe how she is with her parents. I would observe how she served. I would observe, you know, her, what she would be reading in her Bible. We often spoke about that and, and I knew it was going to be a, a, a lifelong thing of learning each other. And I remember one time we were, we were chatting on the phone and, and she asked me a question. She said, do you think you know me? And that's a loaded question. <laughs> It was awkward. I didn't know what to say. So I said, I, I hesitantly went, oh, no. Like, flip the coin. Uh, no. And she said, good. You'll never know me in, you know, in, in this short amount of time. And, and what she was saying was, you know, we're, we're in it for the long haul. We're in it for the long haul. And, and that's the attitude that we need to take when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to learn Him. It's a, you, you've got to grow in that. And there's, there's great resting and learning of Christ because the, the more we get to know Him, the more we understand how much we can trust Him, how much we can rest in His promises, how, how much we can rest in His heart for us and His love for us. And we, we get to understand the depth of His love and the depth of His care and you know, too many Christians live, Christians live restless lives. Why? Because they don't know their Savior. In fact, really, our power and our, our ability to, to see God work in our lives really rests on our learning of Christ. You remember the disciples who were walking by the way and they... they, they said some things, and, and the, the observation was they were just fishermen, but then they understood they had been with Jesus. And listen, there's great power, church, tonight with a Christian who just, who, who just observes and learns of Christ and has a closeness to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a great power in that. Someone said it this way, even in, when it comes to great movements of God. You know how great movements of God start? A movement starts when the founder really knows Jesus. You know how movements die? When the followers only know the founder. And many times we see great movements of God and we forget where it all began. 
with the Lord Jesus Christ and resting in His power, resting in His promises, resting in His ability, resting in faith to the one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says there, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And what Jesus wants us to learn of him is his meekness and his lowliness of heart. Now, I think sometimes God brings us to even physical exhaustion to remind us to lower ourselves. A couple of years ago, we went through a bit of a trial at the church, um, there was just a couple of things that, uh, that uh, some, some uh, men in the church pointed out about me that, that you know, was, was then displayed before everyone, and it was really a misunderstanding. But, you know, accusations flew and all of that. And, and I was really, it was my second, third year in the pastorate, and it, it shook me. It really did. You know, I had been the youth pastor there for 12 years. I had served in the church since I was 12 years old. It was, it's my church. And, and, and I, over the course of God's calling upon my life, I understood I was meant to be there. But this shook me and it caused me to ask, am I meant to be here? What am I meant to do? And I'll tell you what, it, was, it felt like I was rock bottom. We just, I just... To be honest with you, there were times where I really didn't want to be there. And, and I went through all of that, and God gave me this passage of Scripture to remind me that I don't rest on my ministry or my, my popularity or my, the acceptance of my own people. I, I can rest in Him. And what He was showing me was, was He was humble. He was meek and lowly. In fact, he lowered himself. He, he made himself into the form of a servant and was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And, and, and there I understood that, that as God brought to mind again our Lord Jesus Christ, that, that it, was really, it was really him that I needed to follow. It wasn't my circumstances, how well it seemed, God could easily take that away. Those things could easily change in a decision. But I knew I had a constant in my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I could rest in Him. You, you, you want to find rest, be more mindful of the need of, uh, of your need to learn of Christ, learn His humility, learn His lowliness. And so tonight, I don't know, I don't know you. Maybe you've got heavy burdens today. Maybe you've been carrying something that you just can't seem to find rest from. Can I encourage you tonight to find your rest in Christ? Look to His promises. Look to the person of Christ. Look, look at His care and, and, and cast your care upon Him, for He careth for you. There's a rest that we can find in Christ. And, and take your heavy weights. Take, take all of those burdens that you might be carrying today. You take all of those responsibilities that, that, you, that, that God has given, but, but He's given power through rest in Him. And, and make sure that as you daily work and labor, that you're constantly resorting to Christ. 
and resting in him and his promises, resting in the peace that only he can give. And, and may we tonight find that rest. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you tonight. And again, we just want to thank you for, Lord, your graciousness to us. Lord, we are prone to want to figure it out ourselves. We are prone to want to continue to carry our own burdens. And yet, Lord, you've given us invitation. Dear God, tonight, Lord, through your word to come to you and you'll give us rest. Father, there's might be some here tonight who have never put their trust in you. They've never unburdened themselves by coming to you, the rest giver. Maybe you're here, they're here tonight, and Lord, I pray that you speak to their hearts. Lord, I pray that for every believer that you'd help them to understand that though we've been given much to do, there's much, much rest in you. I pray that you'd help this evening. and Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. We're just going to have a time of invitation this evening. And, and again, I don't know you. I don't know the, the things that you're going through in your life. But can I just assure you God does? He's mindful of us. He knows our frame that we're but dust. He knows our limitations. And maybe you're here tonight and... and uh, you just need to come to Christ for rest. Maybe you've been carrying that burden too long on your own might, in your own strength, on your own shoulders. And you just need to come for rest, for some reviving in Him. And um, the piano can begin to play, and maybe you're here tonight, and firstly, can I ask you, see, the Bible tells us it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. The Bible tells us to boast not ourselves of tomorrow, for we know not what the day may bring forth. And maybe you're here this evening, and maybe you're a regular attendee of the church, maybe you're a guest. But whatever the case is, can I ask you this question? If you were to die tonight, would you know for sure that your sins are forgiven, that load of sin? And would you know for sure that heaven is your home? Is there anyone here tonight, and, and just with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, you asked that question, and I couldn't answer with any surety that my sins are forgiven and that heaven's my home. Is there anyone here tonight, just say, Pastor, pray for me. That's me. I, I'm not sure. I've never been saved. Is there anyone here this evening? Anyone at all? See that hand? Thank you. Anyone else? then I want to speak to you believers. Have you been carrying your burdens? Have you been wearied down when the, the offer of rest has been given you through Christ? And maybe you're here tonight and just say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to me tonight. The Lord spoke to me tonight. Could you just please pray for me this evening? Anyone at all? I see that hand. I see hands there. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. You can lower them down and Perhaps as a, as the piano plays, and I'm going to ask Pastor to come and just continue the, the invitation.